Welcome to the Julian and GK podcast. And it's Joe. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Julian and GK podcast. Uh, you know, of course, this is Julian talking. Joining me uh, is my co-host, GK. And uh, we're coming with a little bit of a somber episode. 2020 has been kind of filled with uh, more of these serious episodes. Like, we usually like to have fun on this podcast, talk relationships, talk pop culture. But 2020 has been a different year. Uh, so this episode, we're going to focus on uh, the, the death of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter movement that's been going on. Um, and, you know, kind of where we go from here with um, dealing with racism and, you know, systematic oppression in uh, America and throughout the world. So um, I guess first, GK, uh, how you been doing, man? And uh, what's your thoughts on uh, today's topic? Uh, well, first of all, everybody, thank you for listening. I hope you guys are still staying safe, staying sane, staying uh, hopeful and staying healthy. A little precursor. This is not going to be no political episode because this is not about politics. It's about humanity. Exactly. And that's at the root of everything. It's been the root of everything in America for 401 years and counting. And um, we'll, 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 we'll cover all that. But um, how have I been? How have I been feeling? Um, it has been a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. And I mean it. I don't mean it in the way like... I ordered something from Amazon and it said it'd be here by this date. Now it's not. And then they lost the packet. No, I don't mean like that. It's, it's, this is real. And yeah. it's, it's two pandemics in one, one old, one new mm -hmm. with racial inequality and coronavirus. But yeah. uh, how do I feel? It has been, it's, it's been rough. I found myself feeling things and being put in positions that, I had forgotten or didn't want to be in or asked to be in mm -hmm. because of not only what's going on in the world, but more me, me just saying to myself, oh, now y'all want to know <laughs> or you didn't know. We've been trying to tell y'all. It's, yeah. it's, I'm gonna give you a real quick story, right? So during the protest, maybe a week or two after uh, George Floyd, and let me tell you all right now, as you probably already know, George Floyd was not the first, and he sure wasn't the first to be videotaped. Exactly. But for a lot of people, he's the first. And this white girl sent me a Facebook message. And maybe this is just my phone because I'm team droid because I'm old school. Maybe there's ways around this that I don't know yet. But whenever I get a message on Facebook Messenger, you get that big pop-up that comes on your screen. Yeah. Like like an icon from the profile of someone who sent you a message. And it just comes and it just comes right in your right in your field of 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 thumb fire. So if you type in something, you're in the middle of doing whatever with the phone, and then someone just sends you a Facebook message, your thumb is already in action in the danger zone, and then bam, it's just going to press it and pop up. So it's basically sending a message to my thumb, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, which means I've opened it by accident, which means whoever sent it already sees it. I've read it. Yeah. So I open it, and this, and this white girl from, from the Midwest sends me a, and I don't even know her that well. We just happen to be Facebook friends. It's a video. And the video has no caption, no nothing, but it's just it's just a brother and a wife beater smoking a cigarette in his car. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and I'm like, damn, this is not a position I want to be in. Because one, mm -hmm. I don't know what this video says or how long it is. And I'd, I'd rather just ignore it. 
Yeah. But I know she sent it to me because she wants my opinion. Yeah. And at that point, I'm so exhausted and kind of emotionally drained and easily triggered because I know that no matter what this brother says, it's not going to be nothing I've never heard before. Yeah. So, and then I'm put in a position where I have to reply to her and I have to give her my thoughts on something that I'm damn tired of talking about, no matter what yeah. he's going to say. Yeah. And I know that, and I agree, you know, being silent, being complicit, and it's not our job to educate y'all. You don't mm-hmm. need to have a black person in the room for you to have a conversation about race and equality and justice and humanity, because all the information is out there. There's no excuse anymore. And we've exactly. been and we've been telling y'all this. So I'm like, why is she sending me this local video of this local dude? Mm-hmm. And you're not even it's not even clear whose side you're on. So I don't want to go on the energy of me finding out that you on the other side, the side that mm-hmm. says my life does not matter or doesn't mm-hmm. matter as much as anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Just a really small example of the position I was put in and I didn't want to put. So I had to reply because mm-hmm. because then I thought to myself, OK, white people are the issue. White people are the one dragging this along. But also white people are the ones because, you know, they say we have to have the conversation, the hard conversations. Yeah. I realized during this, it's not us who has to have the <laughs> conversation. It's white people that have the conversations with each other. Yeah. And, yes. I've, and I've seen some of the videos of younger people who get it and they're trying to have these conversations with their parents and their family and the older generations and just yeah. trying their best to get through. Mm-hmm. And they can do that. They can get cussed at and hear their parents be dead wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and dead racist, and they can just smile and laugh at them and just keep going with the facts and keep going. Yeah. That is a luxury that I don't have. Exactly. Because with things like racism, prejudice, police brutality, injustice, that's not a topic for me. That's trauma. Yes. Like, people want to come up with this very easy-to-do, in theory, notion of, yeah, but you got to hear both sides, you know? If you're not listening to the other side, then you're just as bad as the other side when they don't hear you. You know, you got to give a little to get on, da 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 And I'm like, no. When it comes to certain topics, no. When yeah. it comes to humanity and equality, there's zero tolerance. Exactly. Either you down or you not. And it's always white people who are saying that. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they're not triggered. There's no trauma for them to talk about this. I can't watch Fox News. Yeah. It's not about the politics. It's just how they could just openly make up stuff and say stuff and then just pass it off like it's facts when I know it's not like that. That makes me emotionally mad. It triggers me. It's not just false news. It's not just the media being the media. Now, look, CNN does it, too. You know, like I'm fair. Yeah. But when I see I just have such a sensitive time when it comes to the facts. That's part of the reason why I don't get I usually don't get into political conversations. I don't get into religious conversations and, and things of that nature because because we're all coming from the same source. Right. So how can we be so split, so divided on the facts? How can we be so split and so divided on things that we're all supposed to universally agree on? Yeah. It's already tainted from jump. So yeah. I've just been going through a lot. And I will say that according to social media and the people who I've been rocking with since day one and later, I am glad and hopeful to know and see without having to have conversations with all of them that the majority of them do get it. Mm -hmm. The majority of them do care about me and my people. Uh, The majority of them do see the injustice. They do see the pattern. They do see the connection. They do take the time to have the conversations and educate themselves. And, and some of them do take the time to, to ask me how I'm doing and ask how they can help. 
and mm-hmm. and and support black owned businesses because they know that that our own wealth and self-sustaining it is is a more immediate and viable solution long term it's you know just and these are all just small examples these are all just the tip of the iceberg but um yeah, I've uh, I've felt everything, but I do at this moment have a little bit of hope that most of the people who I know get it, mm-hmm. and that most of the younger generations get it, and it's their turn to kind of pick up the baton in yeah. a lot of ways. And so far, they've been doing that. So, so I'm I'm hurting, but I'm a little mm-hmm. hopeful. Yeah. And when we originally said that we were going to talk about this weeks ago, and we kept putting it up, putting it up because it wasn't right and it wasn't appropriate and all those things. I yeah. don't think I'd be able to say this if we had done this podcast then. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, man. But what about you, bro? Yeah, man. Like uh, pretty much everything you 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 said there, like uh, I'm in agreement with. And yeah, this is something that when it first happened, George Floyd, we talked about it, like, oh, should we do a podcast on this? And should we? But it, it felt too raw. And I think that both of us realize that if we did a podcast at that particular time, it wouldn't have come from a place of hopefulness. It would have come from a place of anger, because mm-hmm. this is something that as black men in this country, we've seen time and time again, over and over again, since we were kids. One of the most prominent things when we were young was uh, Rodney King getting his ass beat on camera, yep. like f- for the world to see. Yep. Obvious, blatant overstepping by the police obvious police brutality and those officers got off and people were like even back then were saying all this like oh well what did he do to deserve that and oh well you know if he had just followed the law and it's like this is a constant thing that we've been like you know attacked with since we were young oh well if you hadn't done that then this wouldn't have happened meanwhile i know you've seen it gk and i've definitely seen it i've seen and been friends with white people who have done the dumbest things who have done clearly illegal things who've been caught and have been given like the most minor slap on the wrist possible doing things that far exceed what some of these black men that have done um and then and they were just released given a warning or you know just given a talking to and that's it whereas a black man does something similar or less uh, offensive and they're killed for it And that was the issue. And that's been the issue. And it took it's like a part of me is like is is still infuriated that it took a video of a man having his uh, neck kneeled on for eight minutes and 46 seconds, begging for his life, calling out to his mom and for, for America to finally go, hey, we might have a problem here. And it's like, really? Now you think it's a problem? It wasn't a problem when 12 year old Tamir Rice got killed. But playing with a toy gun like every kid our age when we were young used to do. But because he's a black kid doing it in the projects, you automatically think that he's a threat. It wasn't a problem with Eric Garner, who just selling loose cigarettes and was, and told the, the officers that he couldn't breathe. And they, they didn't care and just choked him out to death for selling loose cigarettes, which is something that people have been doing from like the beginning of cigarettes. And you can go on and on. And the, the sad part is like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many examples. You have Sandra Bland and Philando Castile and all these names for, for, for years of black people just getting killed for no reason. And America just like turned a blind eye to it. And like just didn't care. And when Black Lives Matter, the movement first started years ago, people tried to label it as like a terrorist organization and, and nobody wanted to touch it. Uh, Colin Kaepernick kneeled during the national anthem and, and the NFL like wiped their hands clean of him. 
Now I'm watching soccer games because soccer just started back up after the pandemic. And you see entire teams kneeling. You see teams wearing Black Lives Matter patches. You see companies putting out commercials saying Black Lives Matter. And it's good to see it. But it's like, I'm like, oh, now you're on. It's like a fad kind of. It's like, oh, this is the newest thing. We have to show solidarity with this so that we don't like, you know, get ostracized by the public. But why did it take this man getting killed for you guys to finally like acknowledge that Black Lives Matter? And, you know, there's still the idiots out there. There's still the all lives matter idiots who say, oh, you know, it's all lives matter. And it's like at this point, I could kind of understand in the beginning of the movement, like people like, you know, getting it misconstrued and being like, oh, they're trying to say Black Lives Matter more or whatever. But at this point, we're like, what, eight years in from when that movement first started? If you don't understand that the whole premise of Black Lives Matter is just saying our lives matter as much as yours. We should be treated with the same respect that's afforded to you. We should not be killed for minor offenses. If we do something that's like, you know, uh, um, worth being arrested, we should be arrested and, and sent to jail like like a white perpetrator would or if there's a situation that doesn't really garner someone being uh, arrested, just talk to the person. Talk to them like a human being. Stop treating Black people like we're animals. Stop, like, immediately, immediately going towards handcuffing and uh, trying to send someone to jail for something that could be de-escalated and that you could just send the person home. Like, it's, uh, like you said, GK, it's, it's exhausting. And it's exhausting that we, we constantly have to go over it. And it's also exhausting that we have to be the, the soothsayer and the, the person for, for our white friends to like, oh, well, let, help me understand this. And it's like, what is there to understand? It's very, it's very clear. Like, it, it's, it, racism has been going on in this country from the beginning of this country. Like, I mean, for, as, as, as far as like once it, the country was overtaken, racism has always been here. It hasn't gone anywhere. For people to say that we live in a post-racial society or, you know, whatever, they're, they're operating off of blindness. They're operating off of their own experiences and they're not thinking of others. And it's, it's like, like, I like that you mentioned the point that we're going through two pandemics because just like with racism, how people have their eyes covered and they don't want to see it and they want to deny it. We're going through a worldwide pandemic right now, which has greatly affected America. And you have people who are doing the same thing with the pandemic as they do with racism. They're just acting like it's a hoax. They're acting like it doesn't it's not real. Like, oh, they're they're inflating the numbers. They're 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 making this up. I'm not wearing a mask They're This is just their conspiracy. It's it's a, it's a conspiracy by uh, to, to try and get rid of Trump. It's a conspiracy. Like everyone's coming up with these conspiracy theories. And it's like it's it's you have scientists on the television telling you this is what this is. This is how you can prevent it. This is what's going to save your life or the life of, of the people you care about or the life of the people you're around. And there's people who are just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to. And it's just like with racism in, in this country, it's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have statues of these uh, Confederate generals that wanted slavery. Maybe we shouldn't be having wings of colleges named after well-known racists. Maybe we should try, like if we're really gonna live in an integrated society where everyone's treated equal, we shouldn't still be giving glory to people who at one point thought that black people and other minorities were inferior. We should be living in a, in a society where everybody respects each other and knows that everyone is equal. 
And it's like, why in 2020 do we still have like what? Like the, the fact that those Confederate statues were still up and they're just now getting torn down and people are making like a ruckus about it. The fact that the Confederate flag was still around, the Confederacy only lasted four years and they were defeated and they held on to that flag like it's like it's a, an honorable thing. Do, do you understand? It's like like you and I are we are some of the biggest Knicks fans ever. But if the Knicks don't win another title in 150 years, I don't know. I'd still be walking around with a Knicks flag. I'd be like, you know, maybe it's time we move on. This team lost and they lose a lot. And it's time for to, to move on to another team. And with the Confederacy, they were the biggest losers possible. Not just because they lost the war, but because of what they stood for was just immoral and reprehensible. And you, you, why would you even want to like wave the flag of a group that's so, that was so d- disgusting and hateful? It's like, I get it. Some of them is their lineage. But if your lineage is of disgusting, hateful people, that doesn't mean that you have to be disgusting and hateful. You'd be like, yeah, my great, great, great grandfather owned slaves and I'm embarrassed about that, but that's not me. Very simple. But no, instead they want to try and act like they come from this, oh, my, he, he was a great general and he fought for the Confederacy and I love, no! It, th- that's not how we move forward as a society. So I'm kind of going on a long rant because I, I've had these frustrations in me for, for weeks now. And it's just like when I still see people to, to, this, to this day trying to justify like you know everything that's going on against black people and then like acting like all cops are good and uh oh this is just being overblown and oh what about black on black crime quick tangent about the black on black crime thing if i hear another person mention black on black crime my head's going to explode because black on black crime was a myth that was reported years ago because all crime is locational if you go in a primarily white neighborhood what are you going to find? Most of the crime there is white people against white people. If you go into a primarily Hispanic neighborhood, Hispanic people against Hispanic people. So it's like, of course, in a lot of uh, black communities, they're in uh, metropolitan areas that are, are white, like that are hugely populated and they're around other black people. So if they have issue with somebody else, it's most likely going to be someone that lives in close proximity to them. So right. and that's how it's always been. So I, I hate when I hear people try to excuse police brutality with the, the mindset of black on black crime. And also they're acting like, oh, well, what what about black on black crime? There's been numerous organizations that have been fighting to try and reduce that. And like it's it's yeah, it's a whole thing. I can go I, I can go into a whole thing. And I have my poor wife has been hearing me rant about stuff like this for weeks now. But at the end of the day, Black Lives Matter is a very simple thing our lives matter we matter just as much as you just respect us and we will respect you it's it's a very simple concept i mean yeah you're right i mean it's it's proximity crime exactly i mean like you know lions mostly kill other lions they're not killing cheetahs cheetahs are not killing sharks right it's 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 what you're around that i get yes but it's also about like i hate that passive aggressive question why are you so mad you know Hmm. and because we want to talk about where do we go from here? What do we do from here? I mean, it's, I just want to clear up a couple of things because it also hits me that you, you have a daughter. I have nieces that literally now for many reasons can't leave the house. Mm-hmm. And then, so now I'm thinking about what, what's going to happen to them and what kind of world is there for them that when they get to leave the house again. Yeah. And, you know, that's not a good feeling, you know, because when it comes to Corona, it is affecting disproportionately black and brown people. 
yes. because of our because of our working and living conditions. Yep. Now you realize when all this started, oh, we were in a state of emergency. But then once the initial numbers came in and they found out that that COVID is messing with us the most. Mm-hmm. Notice how much of it, it wasn't emergency anymore. Like, oh, we gotta <laughs> we gotta reopen the country. We gotta get back to work. <laughs> exactly. You know, if people don't see that, then they're just choosing not to. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's it's obvious. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Our breakdowns and our disconnects all come from the same place. It all comes from self interest, and it comes from you only are going to hear what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. But the difference this time is. People have been home for months, frustrated, going broke, going out of their minds and in their feelings. Mm-hmm. So they had that extra time to consume these videos of us being brutalized and killed, to ingest and see and feel and be affected by this information and, and the realness of the history of this country. They have mm-hmm. the time to go outside and march for two, three weeks straight at the time because they ain't got no jobs to go to. Yep. And they ain't got no gyms to go to or barbershops to go to or whatever or whatever it is you do. Mm-hmm. So I think the notion that we're going to kumbaya this away and we're going to change the hearts and minds of people, things that have been enforced and pre-existing for over 400 years, that's just, that's a pipe dream. Yeah. Accountability. It's the system. We, we keep saying the system ain't broken. It's working. Mm-hmm. It's working how, how it's designed to work. But the information is out there. If you all have Netflix, if you don't want to watch Thirteenth, then that says everything we need to know. Um, <laughs> you know, just just as a small example. Yeah. But I just want to put this out there: this pandemic of racism. This is not about politics. It's not about parties, and it's not even about presidents, because mm-hmm. it's been here the whole time. Yep. Will Smith said it best: racism isn't getting worse; it's getting filmed. Yep. So these issues and this cycle, it ain't new. It's history repeating itself. And if you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat it. It's the cell phones, the social media, the millions of people that are frustrated being on lockdown. Equality does not equal perfection. There's still going to be crime. There's still going to be criminals. There's still going to be citizens killing citizens, cops killing citizens, and bad apples. That's still going to be there. There's still going to be people who are trying to be like us but don't want to be us. Yeah, exactly. So is the bigger issue racism or ignorance? Because mm-hmm. because I keep thinking, what are people so scared of? Acknowledging your privilege or the thought of our lives mattering, not even as much as theirs, but mm-hmm. mattering as much as the law and the Constitution says it's supposed to. Like that's yeah. I'm not so much a you're either with us or against this person as much as I'm a do what you say, say what you mean person. Yeah. And 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 Kimberly Jones and then Trevor Noah on top of that, I think they put it better than most of us. It's about a social contract. Mm-hmm. Cops, when they do this to us and there's no accountability, they're breaking the contract. They're supposed to be protecting us and upholding the social contract that we all agree to. Yes. And they're the ones breaking it. Mm-hmm. And they keep getting away with it. And yep. they keep serving special treatment to others who break it because their skin color is different. We can go on the Brock Turners and the Dylan Roofs all day long, but we're not. Yeah. All right. We have differences, but that's part of what makes us beautiful. We have cultures. We have traditions. We have re- religion. And we're always going to be separated by genders and our opportunities, talents, skills, resources, ambition. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be people who give a damn and people who don't. We're, all, we're always going to be different. Yep. So I say... It's about us living together on common ground and living our best lives. Just because one person's living his best life doesn't mean that you can't or that you live less of your life. So all this damn anger, outrage, hate, ignorance, it means nothing unless you change the system and just do you. We don't have to be soulmates. 
but we got to be roommates. Yes. That's it. Exactly. And I think that's that's a perfect point that you say. And I think that's the thing that people need to focus on and um, what's going to get us closer to where we need to be. Because I think that people are acting as though we have to have some kumbaya society and everyone gets along and everyone thinks the exact same way. And it's like, no, we're, we're literally not asking that. All we're asking is to the roommate analogy that you gave is perfect. When you have a roommate, you're just saying, hey, we don't have to be best friends, but I expect that while we're roommates, we're going to have a shared responsibility. We're going to treat each other equally fair and just be cordial to each other like you would expect. And, and that's all that we're asking from society. We're asking that if a, if a police officer pulls over a white person or a black person who have committed the same offense, that they treat both of them equally. That's it. We're not saying that we expect preferential treatment. We're not saying that we expect to be treated as though we're, we're better than. We're, we're acting, all we're asking for is that if you see that white person commit a crime, I expect you, officer, to treat me in the exact same regard as that white person if I commit the exact same crime. Right. I'm just asking that if I'm walking down the street minding my own business, that you don't just stop me for no reason because you you think I might fit the description of somebody that is wanted. Right. Because you, you would never do that with a white person. You would never say, hey, uh, Mr. Uh, Sir, uh, you look like somebody that I think might have committed some crime. So I'm just going to detain you until I can I can verify that you would never do that because you would be scared of the backlash and everything that could come upon you if this white person is affiliated or has some type of uh, clout that you are unaware of. But too many times with black people, they look at us as as though we are less than that we are inferior. Oh, they they're not of importance. So, of course, I'm just going to treat them like whatever. It doesn't matter. And the thing is that we do matter. Our feelings, our emotions, our, our, our traumas matter. And you should not be taking your, your anger, your aggression, your whatever out on us. We are not your punching bags. And I, I feel like that's the thing that's missed with the way that this country is policed. And it's not going to change until there's like actual consequences. And what we've seen is too many uh, cops that get away with this type of, of treatment, that they, they kill black people, they abuse black people, and they get away with it. They might lose their job, but then they just move to another state and they get another job, sometimes, once again, as a police officer. Like with the Derek Chauvin who killed George Floyd, when you look at all his prior incidents before that, this was a man that clearly has issues, is a man that clearly has an issue with targeting uh, people uh, of color and of doing things the wrong way, the way that a police officer should not be handled. So it's like, why was this man still out in the streets? Why was he still able to be an officer when he's had numerous incidents that show that he should not be dealing with the public? Right. And why is there so much mass incarceration of us for selling weed? Weed, which is legal in some states, should be all states, Weed, which is legal in some states because of white people, not yes. us, and yeah. weed, the same thing that is less harmful than alcohol, weed, the mm -hmm. same thing that mostly white people use and sell. And when they get caught, they get slapped on the wrist or don't go to jail while we're in there for life. Yes, exactly. At a disproportionate number for the same damn thing. Yes. And that and, and that's exactly what I'm talking about with we just want to be treated equally. We, if we have weed on us and while it was still illegal and you bust us and you send us to jail because it was illegal, fine. 
but then you have to do the ex the exact same thing to the white person that you caught with weed. I had routinely when I was in college, I had white friends who carried weed on them all the time with no fear of consequences. Mm. I knew better. Yep. I knew that I, I would never do that because I routinely would get stopped and harassed by cops routinely for no reason at all, especially back then, because uh, when I was in college, I liked to wear whatever the fashion was at the time. I liked to wear the oversized uh, jerseys and the long chains and the diamond earring and like, you know, whatever. So to them, I already I look like the, I, I fit the profile. So just because of I, I like to dress at the style of the time, because mind you, I'm a 17, 18, 19 year old kid. Most kids like to dress whatever the style is at the time because I'm dressing like the way that the, the style that's popular at the time. I'm getting harassed because of it, because, oh, you look like someone. Oh, what, 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 where are you heading? Oh, you heading to school like I there was no, numerous times that I was, I was stopped and harassed by cops and they would ask me where I'm going. I would tell them they would run. Like, I remember distinctly one time an officer ran to see if I had, like, any, like, prior to whatever. I had a clean record, never did anything wrong in my life. And he, I distinctly heard, heard him on the, the walkie-talkie saying, run it again. I'm sure he has something on him. That, like, you, you can't do that. You would never do that with a white kid, ever. Just stop them for absolutely no reason. I'm just walking down the street. And you just, like, to this day, I'm a grown man. I'm a 36-year-old man. And if I'm driving and I see a cop, it's like my butt clenches up. Like, I, I, yeah. I get terrified because I don't know if this officer is going to just stop me for whatever reason. And it, it, the same thing, if I'm walking down the block, there's times I'm walking down the block and I'll see a group of officers at the end of the cop and I'll just walk in a different direction. Because I'm scared that I'm going to walk by them minding my own business and they might stop me for absolutely no reason. And then that, that can escalate and that can lead to, 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 God forbid, something happening to me when, I've, when I'm absolutely innocent of, uh, and have done nothing wrong. But that's, that's the mentality that black people have been walking around with for years. And white people don't have that. that, that they, they don't care. And I think that, that's, that now is finally, like you said, this pandemic, it's, it's forced people to really see the trauma that black people have been going through for years. There's still going to be people who stick their, their head in the sand and act like they don't see anything. But there's a lot of people that, ha that are seeing what's going on now and that are changing their views. I've seen people before that were staunchly all lives matter people. And now they say, I messed up. I was wrong. Like, I, I did not know it was this bad. Yeah. Like, okay, so, so Facebook, the people who I'm friends with who are white on Facebook... Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the ones who are friends with me, you know, stand up for me and us. And then yeah. I see these long back and forths in their comment sections with people that they know and love who are taking the opposite view. And yeah. it's just like, it's, it's hard to read. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to, it's hard to watch. Like I even, I saw a Facebook post talking about, you know, blue lives matter. If you're not about us, you're against us, all that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then somebody came back with a comment talking about, Wait, what do you mean blue lives matter? All jobs matter. Come on. What about <laughs> what about what about doctors, teachers, firemen? Uh she went down the line. Da, da, da. And then the clapback was, yeah, but those jobs aren't under fire right now. And I'm like, so you guys, so you guys get it, but you don't. Exactly. You know, and be real. Like yeah. that's always been my whole thing. Like it says in the constitution, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, right? Mm -hmm. You told us that it's yeah. in the Constitution, all right? Yeah. It's, there's no, there's no asterisk or secret or, or parentheses or footnotes saying, yeah, by men we didn't mean black people, women, um, LGBTQ. We didn't mean them. 
My bad. Yeah. We're in a quote unquote free world and society where the government and the law and the people who make the laws and we're supposed to enforce the laws tell us that we're equal. Everything is cool. But we know we're not. And when we tell you that we die, we get <laughs> incarcerated. And then people try to tell us, oh, what's the problem? Yeah. Like, yo, why are you acting so privileged? You have a month. <laughs> they gave you Black History Month. What? And oh, son, when I see, and I actually saw this, when I see actual people, when I see white people try to throw Martin Luther King quotes at the family <laughs> of Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's another example. Yeah. Martin Luther King did not only preach some peaceful, passive way to protest and solve race relations. That is yeah. not what he did. And that's not what he's about. It's no. like it's kind of like Kaepernick now, but really like Muhammad Ali and really like Martin Luther King and those before them. When they were saying what they were saying, everybody wasn't like, oh, oh, they're right. And then, yeah. and then the world was solved. No, no, <laughs> no. The world hated them and yes. got back at them. Muhammad Ali, they, they took his boxing license away. They took his heavyweight championship away. Yep. They took his status away, which at the time, that was the highest you can be on, on the totem pole in sports and in pop culture, being the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. They yeah. took that away from him in the prime of his life. Yep. Martin Luther King was not only preaching nonviolence, nonviolence. They went at him. The FBI tried to kill him many times, and then they finally did. Yep. So he was trying to be all peaceful, and then they killed him anyway. And then, exactly. and then you have people talking about, you know, your, your, your father wouldn't have, wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have been all for the riots and da, 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 da. I'm like, who are you? Exactly. That, that's, the, that's the thing that just like blows my mind when I see these people that, that quote Dr. King and I say, oh, he, he wasn't for violence. And he was. And it was like, are you forgetting that Dr. King staged sit-ins and mm -hmm. protests where he literally refused to move? And he said, if they what, you, that you don't move. Like he, he caused disruption. Dr. King wasn't like, oh, hey, hey, white people, is it, is it okay if we um, have this little sit-in at your diner on Sunday? Is, is that all right with you? Mm -hmm. Do we have permission? He just stormed in there with a bunch of black people and they sat and they refused to move. He marched at places where they did not want them. He like he if you look, it's, it's just like. To me, I'm like, you obviously know nothing about history if you think that Dr. King was just a peaceful man. He he went into areas where they were firing off guns, where they were hurling all types of insults at him, saying that they were gonna hang him and kill him. And he just like went through it and he's been and he's been quoted many times saying that yes, peaceful resolution would be the nice way, but if you're not going to do it peacefully, we will go head to head with you to get what we need to achieve. Yeah, your, so, teach, your teachers aren't right. Your history teachers aren't right. They didn't tell you everything. Exactly. Your, par your parents aren't right. They didn't yes. tell you everything. They probably didn't learn everything because of those teachers. Your politicians are not totally right because they are not totally educated or they're leaving out the parts of the education where you think Martin Luther King was not just a reverend who had a I had a dream speech. That's not all who he was. That's, exactly. just, a, that's just the safest speech out there. Your damn Star Spangled Banner National Anthem, look up the third verse. If you don't want to look it up, that's on you. You probably didn't yes. know there was a third verse. We're not wrong, and we're not bitching. Exactly. We're not victims. We're survivors. It's, thank you. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, oh, oh, the, 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 these black people entitled. Oh, oh, they're they're free. What more do they want? It's like, like we should be grateful for the fact that we're not slaves anymore. 
And we should be grateful that you even let us live in, quote unquote, your country. First of all, it's not your country. That's the number one thing. Like white people who say that, like and act like they're these landlords who allowed us to live in their country. None of us belong here except the Native Americans. They are the only ones who this land is really for. Everyone else is a visitor. All everyone else in America, like we are American citizens, if you're born here, you know, whatever, but we are not originally from here. And so when white people try to say that, especially like if you're like, say, uh, Italian or Irish, and it's like, hello, black people were in this country before your ancestors were here. What are you talking about? It's like my lineage probably goes back further in America than your lineage. But you're acting as though this is your country. It's all of our country. We all share it. So you do not have superiority over any other class of people because we've all been here for our, our ancestors have all been here the same amount of time, if not if not longer on our end. Yeah, it's so, man, people just don't. Uh, now I kind of understand why if you were the smart kid growing up in school, you didn't want to chill with the dumb kids. Or if you were <laughs> or if you were or if you were a very ambitious person in school, you didn't want to chill with the lazy kids or if you were really, really good at something. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be around other people who are also good at it and not and not use your time on people who are whack at it. Yeah. Like now I get it. That's what like that's what education is. All right. I, I'm going to I'm going to give you a, a quick story and then I'm going to and then I'm going to remind you of that that time where you and I experienced racism together. Yeah. So there is there is a flyer that has been going around in Canada. So it's not even America. Mm hmm. And some of my Canadian peoples uh, put me on this. It's a real flyer um, that's being put in mailboxes near Toronto. And it's a picture of a, of a black dude and a white girl who are, mm-hmm. who are you know, clearly a couple, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to read what the flyer says. And, and, and I'm reading it for a reason. Mm-hmm. So here's the flyer. Interracial marriage has negative consequences. Oh, my God. The rate of domestic violence against mixed race partners is higher. Further, their children drink and smoke at higher rates. All right. No, this can't be real. Their children also tend to live with low self-esteem and social isolation. They have no sense of identity. It has been determined that IQ has a large heritable component and is highly correlated with race. By ignoring race, we may condemn our children to mediocrity since nothing comes close to IQ for predicting a broad range of life's outcomes. Interracial children cannot receive organ donations as readily as others because they are biologically unfit to. By mixing the races, we are imp- we, by mixing the races, we are impairing our health care. It is simply irresponsible to impair the welfare of our own children, the next generation. That's the flyer. So that, no. is, so that is a flyer in Canada of 2020. But everything that they've been saying is the foundation of white supremacy that goes back centuries. I, I like. So that is what we mean when we say if you don't learn your history, you're bound to repeat it. I read you the flyer word for word. It had no sources. It had no scientific facts. It had nothing. I like. You were reading it and my mouth would just open a gape because I was like, no, this can't be a flyer in 2020 where people are still using the same ridiculous things that they would say against interracial uh, couples back in like the 50s, which is obviously false. Everything they're saying is false. Yeah, say that to Obama. But and I would just like to add the people who sent that flyer, wrote this flyer. If you ask them if they're racist, guess what they'll say? 
No, <laughs> no, of course Thank not. You. I, I just think they should be with everyone should be with who they're supposed to be with. That's all. I'm not racist. I just think that everyone should be with who they're supposed to be with, like God intended, like white Jesus intended. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to tell you something about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> not as white as you thought. And then the, the flip side of it is also is also the police. Right. Yeah. Now, if you compare the police to other countries, other countries, the majority of other countries, they have less crime and their police spend more time training and are better educated than the ones in the States. These are just facts. Absolutely. Let me let me reiterate. We're not angry. We're not playing victim cards or nothing. We are just we are just two people who are we're just all about the facts. That's yeah. all that is all we're doing. And I remember I remember a few years ago I went on a date with a girl who I, I we matched on an app. She didn't put her occupation there. And she had a really, really different look. So I, I thought I thought she was uh Brazilian or some sort of South America, to be honest. Yeah. I met her. She was Irish and Brooklyn as hell, and her <laughs> and her accent was tough. And it turned out that she was a cop. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I talk about blind date. I did not know what I was signing up for, and um, <laughs> and of course because she's a cop, she will she will defend cops. But she was also mm -hmm. very anti racist. But she was explaining the difficulties of being anti racist and a cop. According to her, it's not as simple as good apple, bad apple. It's mm -hmm. it's more like bad apples are the ones who are more likely to take the job because mm. it's a dangerous job. It's not a glamorous job. It's not a high paying job. It's not a job that many people want. But the people who we would like to be cops who are rational, who do have the capabilities of using common sense and actually uh, reducing their biases to de-escalate situation rather than escalate it. They have more options than being cops. Mm. And because we're not we're not putting the funding in the right way, nine one one is not supposed to solve everything. Cops are not supposed to solve everything, and they're not supposed to bring guns to everything. Exactly. So things that a things that a psychologist or a or a social worker or you know this that and the other teachers yeah. those are people who could be solving a lot of these problems. And either yeah. way, none of these problems require guns. Exactly. So exactly. it's just it's just a bad system. And the bad apples argument, yo. Seth Meyers put it best. It's not about bad apples because there's bad apples in every group. If you keep producing bad apples and putting the apples out there, then the problem isn't the apples. It's the orchard. Yes. All right. Exactly. There are bad orchards. Like the way Seth Meyers put it, if you went out apple picking at an orchard, right? And the dude was like, yeah, we got the best apples in town. Oh, but don't go to that tree because if you eat one of those apples, it'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. You're not thinking, oh, damn, well, I should just stay away from that tree. You're thinking, yo, what is wrong with this orchard? Yes, like the entire thing right. might kill me. Right. Like, let me not take any chances. Right. That's police in America. Exactly. And that's and that's uh, a great comparison. And yeah. it's true. Yeah. And remember, remember that time we got pulled over? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering if you tell this story. Yeah. Yes. So I don't even know if I told you the story about what happened after. No, I, I remember. But okay. Yeah, but, but tell the people. All right. So, um, so you and I went to a wrestling event in Jersey. Yep. And so we were driving in my car, I was driving and we were driving back at night and and we'd missed a turn on on the highway. So we had to pull a Yui. Yep. And, you know, little did we know that it's basically illegal to turn left in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, crazy, right. Right. It's like, right. yeah, we yeah, didn't right. know that. We're, right. we're yeah, New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So so we get pulled over and um, white cop comes to the window 
And he tells me that he's pulling me over because I wasn't supposed to make that left, right? So, and then he asked for my license registration. So I give him the license and I didn't want the cop to start something. So I told you who's in the passenger seat, yo, my, my registration's in, is in the glove compartment. Can you get it? Now, mm -hmm. at the time you didn't drive. No. So I didn't know that you didn't necessarily know what you were looking for. Yeah, I had no idea because at this point, this was uh, a couple of years before I got my license. So I'm just like, what does a registration look like? Right. So I was right. like, okay. Right. So, and I didn't want to make a move and like reach for it myself because I didn't know what the cop was going to do. So mm -hmm. the cop said, all right, you know what? You go look for it. I'll be right back. Right. So yeah. clearly he's going back to the car to scan the plates. Yeah. So if he scanned the plates and he's checking out my car, he can see my ID. He can see that I have no record and he can see that I'm registered. Yes. So by the time he comes back, he'd already found the registration, and then, and then I was ready to give it to him. So he comes back to us like, oh, yeah, the registration. I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, too late. And then he hit me with two tickets. <laughs> he hit me with the UE, and he hit me with failure to show registration. Yeah, which was nonsense because right. it was like, yeah, obvious exactly. that we were just looking for it. It was in the glove compartment. Right. So I'm like, all right, I guess I got to go to court, and I got to go to court in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. So I had to leave work early. I had to go through all the uh, jokes of, oh, nice suit. You got a court date? Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. To, right. And I had to go through those jokes because it was true that day. Yeah. So, so I get to Jersey, and these are the two things that I will never forget. I was, I was brought to tears twice. These mm -hmm. are the two things I'll never forget. The first time I cried was I got there. And so I'm in there. I'm in my suit. And there were... And there were so many black defendants. Mm. And as soon as I walked in, I saw a lot of hope and smiles on these defendants. And they all came up to me because they were because they thought and they were just hopefully assuming that I was their attorney. Wow. And the more I had to tell them that I'm not, you know, I'm I'm actually, you know, one of y'all. Yeah. It just like it, their heart sank. Yeah. So I remember that and that that got me in many ways. And then and then I'm sitting waiting for my number to be called. And then the cop that pulled us over showed up in the courtroom, hmm. which I did not expect. And yeah. so he came up to me and he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here to fight this bogus ticket. Mm -hmm. Like the U-turn, the U-turn, I had no case that I was already going to pay. Right. It was a yeah. it was a registration one. And then he said, oh, that's great. But listen, um, I know that judge. And that judge is a great friend of mine. He's a great friend of the family. Da, da, da. So I'm like I'm actually on your side here. But I, I think that you'd be best served if you just went home and forgot about this. Hmm. So the cop threatened me to not stay. Huh. And then I said, all right, let me uh, let me go out and think about it. Knowing damn well I was going to stay. But. <laughs> But I left and I had to leave because I had to cry again. Wow. So I'm like, wow, this is real. Yeah, it's true. So I stayed. And once it finally got, once my number finally came up, the judge was like, um, did you have registration? I'm like, yeah. And then the cop, like, to the judge, is like, all right, you're free to go. That was it. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened because... after we pulled over. Yeah, and that's that's what's crazy, and that's that's uh, policing in this country in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Basically, this officer messed up. He knew he messed up because he knew that ticket was bogus, mm -hmm. and he tried to intimidate you and threaten you so that you would leave, and then he could be like, "See, 
like I told you, it was a, it was a good ticket. He probably like couldn't ha- didn't have any proof. So like, you know, that's why he left. But then when you were able to come and you had your proof and it was obvious that he overstepped and gave you a bogus ticket, he like, you know, uh, probably had to like talk to the judge and like, you know, oh, you know, whatever and make try to smooth everything over. So he doesn't look like he's bad at his job. But that's uh, indicative of how policing is in this country. Police will mess up and then they'll try to cover their tracks rather than just being like, hey, I messed up. All it took was for him to be like, you know what? I overstepped it that day. Let me get rid of this ticket. It's not your fault. I, I wrote it and I shouldn't have wrote it. That's it. Accountability. Because yeah. we all make mistakes. And But the thing is that the mistakes should be minor mistakes. Like writing a bogus ticket, that's a minor mistake. Uh, like, you know, pulling someone over when you shouldn't have pulled them over, that's, that's, that's a minor mistake. But killing somebody because they wouldn't comply to you trying to arrest them when they are not even supposed to be arrested that's a major mistake. And, and, it should, you, and it shouldn't take videotapes going viral during a pandemic just for us to even have a chance at accountability. Exactly. And the thing is, like, you know, it was the thing with George Floyd happening. And then, like, of course, like I said, a lot of people, like the All Lives Matter people switched over. And, like, a lot of people saying, oh, this, this is the moment. This is going to be the moment where everything is solved and we're going to live in harmony because now they finally got it. These white mm. people finally have it. And literally, it was like, what, a week later when everything with Richard Brooks happened, and then it just immediately was like we were back at step one. Yeah. Everyone online saying, oh, well, if he had just wasn't resisting arrest, he wouldn't have gotten killed. And it's like the man was sleeping in his car. He wasn't driving. He was sleeping. And, and like what you spoke about earlier, where police are needed for every situation, this was not a situation where police were needed. This was a situation where someone could have knocked on his window, said, hey, man, you OK? Him. Him. Hey, oh, I, I drank a lot. I'm like, I was just sleeping because I, I drank too much. And I like, you know, I was like, maybe I should just pull over. And like, I didn't realize I was in the in the, the driveway because I like, you know, I was kind of drunk. Hey, hey, man, just pull over in the in, in that parking spot over there and sleep it off. Or maybe we can get you a cab and get you home and you just come back and get your car tomorrow. That's how you that's how you handle a situation like that. You don't drag the man out of his car, interrogate him for 30 something minutes where he's calm while drunk, because, you know, a lot of drunk people are just instantly belligerent. But he was calm and had a completely calm conversation with them for 30 plus minutes. And then they just decide, you know what, we're going to arrest you. Why? Why? There was no reason to arrest him. He was not operating the vehicle. And there's and you can't prove that he was operating the vehicle. And the thing is, you can't arrest someone based off of a hunch or a notion or whatever. So the whole manner of trying to arrest him was incorrect. And then people say, oh, but then he resisted arrest. The, re- the arrest, it was not a, an arrest that should have happened. It was a false arrest. It was arresting just based off of suspicion, suspicion of something that w- w- did not occur and cannot be proved to have occurred. And and that's that's when I, I said, because when everyone was like, oh, having the kumbaya moment and this is everything is going to be better now. And I was skeptical and I said, no, it's going to be it's like more people's eyes are open and that's great. But there's still going to be those people out there who think that black people should just get killed for every minor offense. And sure enough, in droves. They just came out of their their caves and were like, oh, well, if he didn't resist, he would still be alive. Too bad for him. Maybe next time he'll listen that those officers didn't break any laws. They, they shot the man in the back. 
Yep. Like you, it, it's it, and and like you said before at the beginning of this, it's exhausting. It's a, like I like I I've had to take social media breaks. I've had to like stop reading stories about it. Like I I was getting into too many debates online with people people who will never get it. Yeah, I'd stop watching the news, bro. How about all of us who are getting lynched? I don't see exactly. I don't see either. I don't see either news media outlet from either side reporting it because they didn't. And let me just tell you, black people, we don't hang ourselves. No. From trees. We don't hang ourselves from trees. Exactly. And this whole and and all of them are suicides. That is not a means of suicide. Mm. All these black people are just suddenly hanging themselves for trees when this hasn't happened in God knows how long. But now suddenly in the span of like two weeks. 10 separate black people have hung themselves from trees. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. It's like, it, it just makes my head hurt. It makes me like go insane with the Breonna Taylor case. Mm-hmm. That makes me go insane. Like yeah. the fact that people are trying to justify that the woman did literally nothing. She was in her bed. The mm-hmm. cops came unannounced in plain clothes, trying to break down her door even though they were already told that they had the person that they were looking for in custody, they still went and and went into this person's apartment, even though they know that the person that they were looking for is already under arrest. Yeah. And then her boyfriend shoots because he doesn't know who the hell these people are that are coming in. And then they shoot back and kill her in her bed, minding her business. A like young girl who was just getting her life started who was, who was an EMT and trained to become more in her life and do more with her life. And she's cut down in the prime of her life because, once again, officers making mistakes and there's no consequences. And that's the issue. And also, these are cops that had so many complaints about them beforehand. But yes. but you know why there's no consequences? Because there's no tape. Exactly. And that's why, is the there no, why is there no Elijah McClain consequences yet? Because there's no tape. Yes. Elijah McClain, the incident happened in August of last year, and it's just now being brought to light because of everything going on. And yeah. it's like, why do we have to be filmed? Why do like and, and I, I saw a friend that that posted and she said that she had to get off social media. She said, I'm tired of looking at black death every day. Yep. Every day you're seeing a black person get killed by the cops or by some other means. And it's just like it's it's. I'm tired of seeing our people get killed. Why do we have to be recorded being killed to get justice? And in a lot of cases, we get recorded being killed and we still get no justice. Man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let me just bring this up real quick and then we can and then I'll ask you a question to kind of just put a a ribbon on this whole thing. Okay. if you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat it, right? So people who are very hopeful right now about where we're progressing as a society and we're going into election, we were in this exact same spot four years ago. Mm-hmm. We're marching in Ferguson, going into an election year, and every poll, every media outlet, everybody you trust was saying going into the election that it's going to be a landslide. Yep. Hillary, go run out Jacob Javits Center. <laughs> Trump, nice try. Even Fox News said you was going to lose. You're lucky to have this little conference room with the Hilton that we're giving you. Yep. And then we all saw what happened. Yep. Um, when Obama got elected, the media actually tried to sell you on quote unquote post-racial America. <laughs> the only people that believed that were uh, white people. All black people knew that this this was great. This was a historic moment. But we knew that the roots of racism was so deeply entrenched in this country that just having one black president wasn't going to solve that. 
Yeah, I'm, and look, I'm not going to lie. I, I actually hitchhiked to be at his inauguration. I was there at the mall when they pro- when they were projecting maybe half a million and then two million of us showed yeah. up. It was it was one of the greatest, most hopeful seas of humanity I'll probably ever be a part yeah. of. And I bought into it. I bought into it until until he got out of the motorcade and started yes. walking. I remember we didn't we, we we had we had Facebook, but Facebook wasn't an all encompassing thing. No. Right. So especially and I don't even think that you could put up video media content, at least not live. No. So so there was no footage. So even though we were there, we can still like send messages and post on people's walls and Facebook. Yeah. There was no like live feed that we could all watch of him, of him and Michelle walking through the movie. Yeah. But then once that word got around, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I didn't stop for the next eight years fearing for he and his family's life. Thank you. So let me just say this for the record. Again, it's not about presidents. It's not about political parties. Mm-hmm. President Barack Obama is is a great civil rights triumph. Yes. He is the product of yes. it. He did not progress it. Yeah. He did not progress it as president. I think he will, he and Michelle will, now that they're not. Yeah. Now that they're not in the White House and that they're not so restrained. Yeah. But but let me but let me ask you this one last question because mm-hmm. this is a question that a white dude asked me. Mm-hmm. Good white dude. Yeah. Good white dude, but my acting class only has two black people in it. Me and the other black dude. Um, and he's known the other black dude longer, so he asked him first. Mm-hmm. So he asked me this question, and then he told me the other black dude's answer. So I'm going to ask you the same question and see what you said. Okay. Can black people be racist? Hmm. So can is it's all right. Can black people be racist? We'll 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 put it all together. Yeah. So. Here's my thought, because I've been asked this before and I, I've seen this like, you know, this topic bridged online before. And can can uh, black people have certain uh, prejudices and against other types of people? Absolutely. Like, yes. But are we like inherently racist? I do not believe so. And I say it not to say that. Uh, oh, black people don't have like, you know, prejudices and they're not, you know, because I'm. I'm a, a staunch ally of the LGBT community, but there's a lot of people in the black community who are not. And that's like something that I feel the black community has to work on. Black community has to work on issues with colorism where they like, you know, will have issues with a, with, with a dark skin person or a light skin person or whatever, and like kind of pit them against each other. That's something we have to work on. But when I think of racism, I feel I, and, and the thought of racism, it's a system of oppression. It's a system of, I feel like I am better than you so I'm going to hold you down here while I exalt myself up and I don't believe that black people do that simply because we don't have the capability to do that we do not we are not in a position to say we are better than you you uh, we are above you like and we're going to hold you down so that we can exalt ourselves up to me that's what racism is it's um I don't like you and I'm going to use my position of power to make sure that you are can never get to the level that I'm at. And I feel like black people are not at a point where we can be racist because we don't have that um, level of power to be able to uh, exalt ourselves over others and hold other people down. Okay. Yeah, I agree. See, that's, that is a similar answer that the other black dude in the class gave. Mm-hmm. He basically said it, it is impossible for us to be racist because we don't have the power. Yeah. We don't we don't have the power to oppress. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna add an extra layer to mm-hmm. that. 
I'm going to, so, cause you know me, I'm a, I'm a Virgo. I'm, I'm a man of my word. Like <laughs> I'm, you either like me or you really don't because I'm all about the facts and I hold people to what they say. Yeah. And I hold words to the meaning of the word. <laughs> so I'm going to go literal first. <laughs> so to others who still don't agree with your answer, it's where I say like, okay, then how about this? If by definition you think that black people are being racist by calling you Karen <laughs> or by calling you Amy Cooper or whatever, yeah. then like, okay, okay. If you want that, fine. But let me ask you this. So what? <laughs> it's not the it's same. It's not the same. Because again, it goes back to the power. For example, right? We have a societal contract for men and women. Yeah. By no means are you supposed to be physical with a woman. Yes, exactly. We understand that. Yeah. We understand. That's what we, that's what we all agree to. Yes. So when a man is physical with a woman, mm -hmm. we all know it's wrong. Yeah. Immediately. We all know it's abuse. Yes. When a woman fights a man or when a woman fights back, by definition, yes, it is abuse. Yeah. But so what? Yeah. It's not the it's same. It's not the same. As like I, I was taught from I was very young. And like, and a lot of other men that I know, it's if you are with a woman and she starts putting her hands on you, you do not hit her back because Correct. it's beyond just like um, you, you shouldn't hit a woman. It's also there is no scenario where you are going to come out looking good in that in that situation. There's no, oh, she she hit me first. Oh, look, she gave me a black eye. Oh, she did. No one is going to care because the, the like you said, the societal contract. Like since forever, it's just you don't put your hands on a woman. If you are in a relationship and the woman keeps constantly abusing you or putting her hands on you, you leave that relationship. The answer is not putting your hands on her because you will always be the one that comes out looking bad in that situation. It doesn't matter if she started it first. It doesn't matter if she hit you first. It is not going to look good for you. So you just leave. Yeah. I mean, that's that was just the best analogy that I could come up with that maybe people will be able to latch on to yeah. if they want to and they're open enough. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, you got uh, you got any last words, bro? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we we went really in depth in this um, conversation. I think there was uh, much needed, I think, uh, for both of us, because like uh, the last few weeks have been very uh, exhausting. And um, I mean, the last thing I could just say is just. I, I feel like probably our audience is more on our side with things. They do understand that Black Lives Matter. They do understand that the movement is just asking for equality and just asking for us to be treated in the same regard as our white contemporaries. And that's really what this is all about. So I, I feel like our, our core audience knows that. But if you're listening and you are one of the people who are on the All Lives Matter train and you feel like this is just like Black people looking for sympathy and, you know, oh, what about Black on Black crime and like, you know, all this. I would just say, find somebody in your life. I don't know, like, you know, where you're from or who you know or whatever, but some, like, Black person. And it's, like, you know, that you might have come across it sometime. And don't do it in a manner that's, like, you're you're beholden to them and you're just, like, kind of putting them on the spot and making them, like, you know, whatever. But just, like, when they are ready, ask them about their experiences in life. Because I feel like a lot of times people... Just think that you know, like, you know what it is, you know what's going on. You think that like, you know, that people are just like over exaggerating things. And it's not until and I mean, it, and like you said, this is also cross, like it, it crosses over with the pandemic, like that we have two pandemics going on. There's so many people 
that at the beginning of this pandemic, who called it a hoax, who called it false, who said that whatever, until someone that they knew was immediately affected by it, and then they took it seriously. So I think that more people need to understand that it's it's not just um, you know affecting just like this these invisible people that are outside. It could be affecting people that are close to you, but more than anything, it shouldn't have to affect people close to you. You should care about fellow human beings you should understand that you know we might not like and i think gk you put it perfectly earlier we we don't all have to like get along and be singing kumbaya and agree about everything we can differ on politics we can differ on you know sports teams we can differ about general views of life but the thing that we should not differ on is that all of our lives matter equally Everyone on this planet, all lives should be treated with the same amount of reverence, the same amount of respect. There should not be one set of people who are treated differently just based on something like skin color or environment. And I think that's that's the last part I have to say. And I think that if you can't get that at this point in 2020, if you still can't get that, then you just don't need to be a part of society. You need to just go away, don't interact with anyone, and let the people who are actually trying to make a change in this world for the better do their jobs, and you just stay out of the way and stay in your uh, closed-minded state of mind. Well said. Well said. <laughs> yeah. How about you, man? Any last thoughts? Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. Um, we thank you for listening because, because we know that you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to listen. You don't have to. When people say people have to do things or should do things, the reality is you don't. Yeah. So that's why we thank those that do, because we feel that we are on the side of humanity. Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing I'm going to say is, again, we're not playing victim. Every black person that's true to this experience and what it means to be black and what it means to be black and American, we all have trauma. And let's just say... We're all just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Yeah. We're sick and tired of the fear, the pain, the misunderstandings, the lack of trust, not feeling heard, valued, or safe. Yeah. Of repeatedly getting pushed, but told that we can never push back, mm. or only to push back in ways that the ones who push us approve of. Yes. Just for us to keep getting pushed anyway. Mm -hmm. Every day... It's not just black people, all people. We're all trying to play by the rules and survive the game of life. That's what we're all trying to do. Mm -hmm. But for some of us, just the color of our skin alone, nothing else, just the color of our skin alone puts us and our loved ones at this automatic disadvantage. Yeah. It's like being born a crime. Yeah. The law says innocent to proven guilty. We're the opposite. Mm. We're dealt a fixed deck and then we're blamed when we don't win. And the stakes are so high that the ultimate loss is our lives. Yep. And our livelihood yeah. to and to accept that is supposed to be accepting the norm. Yeah. Normalcy. But when we call the game out or go against it in any way, we're thugs, we're ungrateful, we're animals, we're angry mm. or and those are just some of the things we're called. Yeah. But why? Mm. I ask this question in all honesty and sincerity. How nice, hardworking, smart, successful, compliant, cool athletic, or even unarmed do we have to be for you to not be threatened by us? The facts are all out there. The education is out there. What's going on in this country, these feelings ain't new. We've said that. 
just number of cell phones catching these things are. But the videos, the information, the history, the injustices, the inequalities, abuse, outrage, emotions, misrepresentations, actions, and non-actions, they're all out there. The system is not broken. It's our humanity that's broken. Yeah. So if you choose to ignore or deny or not be open to the facts or would rather not listen to the facts and you'd rather say but and counter with alternate facts instead, then okay. You're not about that humanity life. Mm -hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We get it. We don't have our knees on your necks or our guns out trying to hunt you down to stop you from preferring things as they are. But if we're not the ones telling you how to feel, then why are you trying to tell us? Hmm. How is that humanity? And if you don't want to help fix our humanity, then it's on us to do that for ourselves. And hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll figure it out. Hopefully true change is going to come. And hopefully more people will see this side than not. Yeah. But hopefully sooner or later, and you'll see when we all live our best lives together and we can all be roommates, not soulmates, we can all be our best selves together. And what's so threatening about that? Uh-oh. And I hope we're not alone. Yeah. That was perfect. That's perfect, man. I think that that was um, like a, I, I couldn't say it any better myself. Like that was like like spot on everything you said there. So, um, yeah, all we can do is uh, keep working and hopefully eventually one day I hope that my daughter or my daughter's daughter will live in a world where this is not still an issue. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, man. Thank you so much uh, once again, GK, for that brilliant insight. Thank you uh, for listening to us. And uh, feel free to uh, hit us up in the comments. Let us know uh, what you think. Uh, if you're listening to, to this on Anchor, you can send us a voicemail. You can send us uh, a text message just letting us know what you think um, on the app. Um, or you can hit us up on our socials. Uh, GK, what's your social media? At GK Williams NYC. Yep. And I'm uh, at Jules XMW. Uh, also, you can follow us on uh, our Instagram page. That's uh, at Julian and GK. And um, yeah, thanks uh, once again for listening to us. You know, and we uh, hope that you continue with us uh, for GK. This is Julian, Jamaica Alpha. Out. Thank you for listening to the Julian and GK podcast. And it's the Julian and GK podcast.